there's something to be said for a friend who is always there, who is dependable and faithful. Not, not perfect, but present. This is the type of friend that Jesus wants us to be to him. And he talks about it in John chapter 15. So if you want to turn in your Bibles or your Bible apps, um, we'll be in John 15. And uh, if when you're studying that, that, that chapter, John 14, John 15, John 16, um, the Lord is speaking just the most profound things to his disciples as part of the last things that he's going to say to him, to say to them um, before his arrest, before his, his sham trial, before his torture and his crucifixion. So the things he has to say, they're, they're to be looked at with that in mind, that this is prominent, this is important. These are among the last words that he's going to say. So we're going to read uh, a bit about pruning. And I just want to ask you, what's the, what's the spiritual equivalent of a vineyard pruning today? Do we know what pruning is? It's severe. It's somewhat scary. It's sharp. And I'll even go so far as to say that it's a forceful shaping of our lives. Because see, you don't do the pruning. You don't do the pruning. You don't get to say, oh, I'm going to cut this part back. Oh, and I'll cut this part back. And oh, there's a dangling, I'll cut that part back. God does the pruning. And what we see in Scripture, he's not even asking our permission. He's not asking our thoughts on the matter. He is pruning those who follow him so that they will live more fruitful lives, so that his kingdom can be strengthened and advanced, and that people around us can grow in him. John 15, 4 says this, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. So what's this abiding you speak of, Lord? That's not a phrase we use very often, unless it's in reference to a vine, abiding in the vine. Abiding is the remaining. It's the staying. It's the being present. It's persisting in faith, persisting in surrender, in yieldingness, and persisting in receiving what God says to us. It's persisting in the passion of that moment when we first gave our lives to Christ, when we acknowledged, I am in need of a Savior. And He, Jesus, is the only means by which I can be saved. It's persisting in that hunger and that dependence and that yearning, and it is staying close to Him, is coming close to Him, and staying, abiding, remaining. John 15, 5 says this, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. What's Jesus saying? 
He's saying, I'm the one that gives life. I am that life-giving vine. I'm the only means by which you can be sustained. You've got to be connected to me is what he's saying. Not generating your own life, but receiving life through me. He's talking about unity. He's talking about being unified with him, about being grafted into him. He's not talking about us generating something on our own. In fact, we can't generate fruit. You can't bring about fruit in your life. Not not godly fruit. Only God can bring it about. And he's saying, if you want your lives to bear fruit, to be fruitful, you have to remain in me. When you're separated from me, you're powerless. Friends, do you know that to be true? When we're separated from him, we have no power. When he's here and we're here, those are, those are the moments where like, Lord, where are you? And he's like, same place I was when you decided to, to walk away, to, to turn whether I'm not in your view. The things we do here when he's there are without power. Therefore, they're without fruit and they're without life. Abide. Remain. Persist. Trust. Day by day contact with our living God is necessary for fruitfulness of every kind. Of every kind. So I'll I'll just use me as an example. I mean, I'm... I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a pastor, I'm a friend, I'm a brother. Okay, lots of things, more than that. And I want to be fruitful in every area. I want to be, I want to be fruitful as a husband. I want to be fruitful as a father. And the minute I'm over here playing Lone Ranger... I'm not receiving the life that God wants to to push through me so that I'm operating in faithfulness as a dad, as a husband, as a brother, as a pastor, in all of these things. Again, I want to remind us, when Jesus says this, abide in me, he's saying abide in me, remain in me, remain in me, remain with me. He knows he is hours away from being arrested. It's kind of an odd thing to say. To drive home, remain in me, remain with me, abide in me. Apart from me, you are powerless. Remain in me. Knowing a few hours later he's going to be arrested. He's going to be pulled away. He will never, pre-resurrection, this is the last moment he's with them in the garden. Jesus drives home this point. And if you read it, it's again and again and again. Abide in me, abide in me, abide in me. But he knows that the terms are about to change. The means of abiding in him are about to change. He he wants us to be memorable for his disciples and he wants this to be memorable for his disciples. Okay? For us. He's driving home at this point about be present with me. Remain in me. Because after his resurrection, 
there'll be a major change in how we abide with him. We'll get to that in one second. So last week was Sabbath Sunday, um, and we didn't have church. Uh, what that is is every month where there's five Sundays in that month, um, we call those Sabbath Sundays, and we don't have church that week. And here's what we encourage, strongly encourage, like even to the point of challenging is this is not just a day off. This is a day where you get to practice discipline in inviting the Lord into your rest because we value rest. We, we, it's a command. It's one of the Ten Commandments. And, and it's given to us to strengthen us. It's, given, it's a good thing. Rest. And like, I'm pretty good at it, but most of y'all are just bad at this. Actually, I'm not that great at it. I'm, I'm just really not. And most of us aren't really great at it. I hope that last Sunday wasn't just a day of catching up and work that you were in the office and you had your iPad on your lap the whole time and you ignored your family and ignored the Lord and just worked. I hope you didn't do that because if so, you didn't Sabbath. There'll be another opportunity, but you, you blew it. <laughs> you blew that one. I'm just saying. It's an opportunity to invite the Lord in as a discipline, as a follower of Christ and say, I can worship Jesus outside of my local context of the local church. Karen and I had an amazing time. We went to the mountains. We went on a walk. We rode bikes. There was one moment when I was reading, and it was, uh, I want to spend time in Scripture, and there's this book, Christian book I'm reading, and I wanted to read that, but I first wanted to enjoy my coffee. I wanted to have a slow coffee because most of the week I have a fast coffee. I wanted to have a slow coffee. And so I'm sitting outside, and I just... I said, Jesus, I, I invite you to join me for this coffee. My heart is so full of joy. My heart is so full of peace. I, I invite you in when I'm in the midst of the storm and the trouble. I always invite you in. I invite you into that, that pain. But Lord, I invite you into this peace. I invite you into this joy. Lord, I, I invite you into this moment of rest and would you just have coffee with me? Would you just be here with me? And then I reminded myself, how much he loves me, that he's my friend, and I'm like, thank you, Lord, for being here with me right now. And I had even a slower coffee, and it was wonderful. There's power in invitation. There's power in surrender. It is all throughout Scripture. And I'm telling you right now, and this message isn't about Sabbath, but when we Sabbath, we need to Sabbath well. In John 15, Jesus says what? He says, persist, remain with me, abide in me. Why? Because near him, near him, connected with him is the place where we experience his life. Next to him is the place where we experience his power. And this is the place where we thrive. I am perfectly fine with being redundant this morning because Jesus was perfectly fine in being redundant with this message to his disciples. Remain in him. You know, it's a good question to start your day with. Lord, what's, what's, on, your, what's on your mind today? Lord, what are your plans for me today? Because, Lord, I know what my plans are, me, you know, are for me today. But I, I want to know what your thoughts are towards me and what your plans are 
And I just, I need to see if they line up. I need to see if they line up. The theme of power from verse 5 continues in verse 7. And we see that faithfully abiding in Jesus results in power in our prayer. So still in John 15, verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you would bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. I have two, two points here, two truths to point out here. Number one, again, you can't make fruit. You can only bear fruit. Holy Spirit makes the fruit as you walk with Christ, obedient to him, trusting in him, abiding in him, loving him. Number two, the fruit you bear, when we finally do bear fruit, the fruit you bear is not for you. It's to feed someone else. When we bear fruit, it's not for us. He causes us to bear fruit so others can benefit. And you know what's awesome is we're benefiting from the fruit of others all the time. Again, the Holy Spirit brings fruit in our lives so that others can eat of God's goodness through you. You want to be used by the Lord and bring in life to other people? Abide in Him. All right, are you ready for another powerful kingdom key given in this scripture? Fellow, thank you. Fellowship with Jesus and faithfulness to his words are generally required for answered prayers. I'm going to say it again. Fellowship with Jesus and faithfulness to his words are generally necessary, required for answered prayer. See, when he says, um, hey, if you're abiding in me, anything you ask, my Father in heaven will give you. Sweet, Lord, I want a Shelby. I want a Shelby Cobra. That's not getting answered. Not unless I'm abiding in him and the Lord just amazes me with the most random word that, hey, I, I want to give you a Shelby Cobra. I mean, I've been asking that for a long time. I haven't gotten it. The abiding in him part helps us have his heart. The abiding in him part helps us to craft our prayers in alignment with his heart. Does that make sense? So then when he says, hey, if you're abiding in him, if you're abiding with me, anything you ask, my, my Father in heaven's going to hear. It's that abiding part. It's when we're like, Lord, would you just strike her dead? She's been mean to me for the last time. Lord, and let it be a, a big truck, not a small truck, Lord. Hit her with a truck, Lord. Okay, that's a bit extreme, but I'm just telling you, Lord, would you just move her to another job? Lord, would you move her out of my department? We've done that. Thinking we're praying according to his will, and he's like, ah, I put you in her life because you shine my light, and she's living in darkness, and she needs to know how good I am. So no, I'm not going to answer that prayer. <laughs> True story. You guys, 
when we walk in maturity, that honors the Lord. That's what Jesus is talking about here. He, he says, uh, I want to read that passage again um, in verse 8. By this, my Father is glorified. That you bear much fruit. Once again, not your efforts, but because you're walking, abiding with him. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. And that's, that's bearing fruit. When people are like, you're a Christian, aren't you? Which is a good thing. You, there's something different about you. There's a light about you. Man, there's something different about your home. I come into your home and there's such a peace here. These are the things that glorify the Lord. This, these are signs that our life is bearing some really cool fruit and that others get to benefit from it. We get to be encouraged in our fathers like, at a girl, at a boy. Right? When God's will is done through the Christian, the end result is God is honored. Do you want your prayers answered? I do. I want my prayers answered. Then abide in Christ. How do we do this? How do we persist in him? So a few minutes ago I said, hey, I'll get there. So we're here. Okay, this is, this is the part that if nothing else is remembered, this is the part that, that I'm praying, even now that is remembered. We remain in Christ. We abide in Christ through the Holy Spirit. That's how it's done. John 14, Jesus starts laying some pretty awesome groundwork. He starts raving about the Holy, the Holy Spirit, saying, hey, it's better that I go away. It's better that I go away. The Father's going to send the Comforter in my name, which is an amazing thought. I talk about unity among Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus is saying, man, the, the, the Father's going to send a helper in my name in alignment with this work that he's called me to in my authority, the Father's going to send a helper and he's going to guide you into all truth. He's awesome. It's going to be better. And then even here, so verse 16, actually let me me read John 16, verse 7. Jesus says this. This is if we've moved a chapter ahead. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. Can we say my advantage? My advantage Jesus says, to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot hear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, that's the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority But whatever he hears, he will speak. He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me and take what is mine and declare it to you. He's he's saying, because remember when Jesus, he said, I don't do anything on my own. I don't do anything except what the Father tells me. He's now saying, the same work I did, the Holy Spirit's going to do. He's not going to say anything on his own, but only what what the Father says, and then he's going to remind you of everything I've said. The, the mission is clear. It is solid. The purpose is solid. And the Holy Spirit is the one that's going to remain in you. And I'm saying right now, if you want to have power and life, you have to remain in him. How do we remain in someone we don't know? 
how do we remain with someone that we're, because of some false religious upbringing that we're afraid of? That we don't talk about. We're like, oh, Father, you're awesome. Oh, Jesus, the Son, you're awesome. Oh, Holy Spirit, don't embarrass me. Jesus is saying, you will, to abide in me, it's, you have to abide in the Holy Spirit. You want power, you want life. It's going to come through this unified work of God, through the person of the Holy Spirit, not the it of the Holy Spirit, not the thing of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. But we miss out as the church. We miss out because we think, well, if we embrace the Holy Spirit and we draw close to the Holy Spirit, that's going to make us weird, which is bull. Jesus just said, it's, it's to your advantage I go away. It's better that I go away. And the Holy Spirit is awesome. So here's the thing. Our God is not some insecure God. And our God, there's no interfighting. I don't care who we're talking to. They're there. There's times I talk to the Father. Why, why, why do I talk to the Father? Because there's times I just need a Father's response. There's times I just need the Father's strength. There's times I need the Father's, I need my daddy's approval. I need validation. So I'm talking to the Father. Most of the time, I talk to King Jesus. I talk to my friend Jesus. I, I mean, he's so many things to me. Most of the time, I'm talking to Jesus. And then there's times I talk to the Holy Spirit. Why? Because, he, because I'm told that he's a comforter, and there's times I need comforting. So I'm like, Holy Spirit, I need comfort. And you are the comforter. Jesus called you that. Holy Spirit, I need power. The situation is bigger than me, and I feel like I'm at the end of my strength. I need power. And so I'll talk to the Holy Spirit. And it pays to have a friendship with God. It pays to know who we're talking to beyond the pages, the words on the page, but to have a relationship with God. You might say, well, you're talking about like talking to God. You mean prayer? Whatever. No, I'm talking about talking to God. But sure, we can call it prayer. I'm talking about talking to someone that I've got a relationship with, and we have to do the same thing. Amen? So check this out. Luke chapter 11, verse 9. This is, again, Jesus talking. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find my dog was here, she'd be losing her mind right now. That <laughs> Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? What is Jesus even talking about? What is, what is the context? What is he even talking about? What are we supposed to knock and ask and seek for? Next, next, next word. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So now here's one of the mysteries of, of, of Scripture. 
before I get to the mystery, let me get to the one that's just obvious. Again, we see invitation. Invitation. But here's the mystery. Pursuit. God wants pursuit of the Holy Spirit. Now here's what's interesting. The minute you trust your life in Christ, you've got the Holy Spirit. He's living with you. But if you want the power that is promised, God requires some seeking, some knocking, some asking. And I don't claim to understand it. That's what God requires. He requires a pursuit of the Holy Spirit. Why? I don't know. You can ask him. But he does. Jesus is sitting there saying, ask, ask, knock, seek. Your heavenly father is way better than any earthly father. And what, what good earthly father would, would give these bad things when you ask? So what he's telling us is, in asking for the Holy Spirit, I'm giving you good things. Why? Why did, he, did, did the father tell Jesus to say this at this moment in time? And why, why are, is this part of scripture that we're reading it now? Because I think God knew, this is, this is not scripture, this is my opinion, this is my take, okay? This is not, this is my take. I think he knew that we'd relate with a father and we'd relate with a son, but we'd have a more challenging time relating with a Holy Spirit. And I, I, that's what I think. Because we're familiar. We, we relate to things we're familiar with. I'm familiar with the Father. I can, I can see fathers in this room and the interaction with their children. And I go, oh, you know, look at the way Drake interacts you know, with his sons. Oh, that's, that's a good father. That's love. And then I'm reminded of my heavenly father. And then I look at sons and I see the dependence on, on their mom, on their dad. And, and I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm so dependent on you. And I relate to those things, especially since I've been both those things. But Holy Spirit. And Jesus wants us to know the Holy Spirit is good and you should ask for this good thing. In water baptism, we we emerge from the water with life and salvation. In Holy Spirit baptism, we, we emerge with power. And I'm telling you right now, now more than ever, we as followers of Christ and those who we want the world to see his power, we need to walk in power. We need power in every area. We need power to to have the Holy Spirit let us know what is truth and what is lie, what is deception, what is false. That is power, friends. That's something beyond us. But when we remain in him and we are grafted in with him, he just puts it into us. No, that's false. That's false. Walk away. That's truth. That's truth. Listen. And it comes through nearness with Christ that is only possible by the person of the work of the Holy Spirit. Do we see this? Do you guys think I'm making this up? There's some head scratching. Like, you're not literally scratching your heads, but you're, you know, like, you don't everyone straighten your head at once, but there's a lot of this going on. Yes, it's a lot. If you need my notes, I'll send you my notes. Yeah, for real. I can email you my notes. All right. I have four quick points that I want to make. And, uh, yeah. 
So back to John 15. First point number one, the new life of the Holy Spirit involves trusting in Jesus' love. The test of whether we really understand the Christian life is dependent upon how much Jesus loves us and if we believe that. We have to believe his motivation for you and I is love in everything, even in the correction, even in the discipline. The Bible says he, he disciplines those he loves. We have to grab a hold of the truth of how much Jesus loves us. And to do so, we have to be, we have to abide in the vine. I apologize to the side of the room that the Holy Spirit's over here right now in this example. Okay, so I'm just, you know, I can't switch now. So here, here's the thing, guys. I think uh, that's, that's something that we, that we don't think about much. How much he loves you. How much he loves me. His grace towards us. His patience towards us. The fact that we're being told to be present with him, but he is ever present with us. He never leaves. He never forsakes. John 15, 9, Jesus says this, as the Father has loved me. Okay, grab a hold of that. As the Father has loved me, so I love you. Abide in my love. You think Jesus had an understanding of how much the Father loved him? Oh, yeah. And he said, as he loved me, I love you. Because this is the launch pad of all followers of Christ. This is the launch pad of all Christian obedience. Love. This is where we draw the distinction between um, relationship and religion. Love. Because our motivation, just as Christ's motivation was love, our motivation is love. Not blind religious obedience. But love. Our motivation is love. And it's, it's of practically no value if you obey the Lord just out of obligation. It's of little value. I won't say no value. It's of little value. It's, it's got to be out of love. If we obey out of love, oh. like you want to bear fruit, obey out of love. Lord, I don't understand this fully, but your word says it. You're so good. You only give me good things. I trust you. So, Lord, I'm going to be obedient to this, not just out of obligation. Or, or Lord, I'm going to trust you and obey you because I love you. The Christian life proceeds out of a sense that we are loved with a perfect love by a perfect lover. First Christian duty is to know how much Jesus loves his disciples. Number two, so, okay, so number one was 
the, the new life of the Holy Spirit involves trusting in Jesus' love. Number two, knowing Jesus' love will lead us into obedience. How many Christians are really obedient? How many of us are, I mean, like, we open the word and we see it and we do it. How obedient are you willing to be? How obedient am I willing to be? How willing am I to be obedient in love to Jesus? I, I don't even have another country as, as a point of reference because I was born in Charlotte, North Carolina. I was raised all over the U.S., traveled everywhere. I'm an American. I was born in America. This is my point of reference. I don't even have that point of reference of what they do in wherever. I'm telling you here, we're not a big, we got that, that cow, especially in Colorado, we got that cowboy spirit. We got that maverick spirit. Like, obey? What do you mean obey? Like if something, you know, rises up within us and we obey is when you know that he's perfect and his love is perfect, it's not something that we should be leery of. John 15, 9 says this, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. So how does the, the Father love Jesus? Perfectly, richly. How does Jesus love us? Perfectly, richly. Verse 10, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So real quick, let's, let's go around the room. Just feel free to blurt out the answer. Um, let's, let's highlight the ways that Jesus didn't obey the Father. So give me a way Jesus didn't obey the Father. Did not, did not, did not. Jesus obeyed the Father in everything, even unto death and death on a cross. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept the Father's commandments and I abide in his love. I say it all the time. Obedience is a, is, is a love language to Jesus. He sees it as love. He sees it as trust. Oh my gosh, I'm so proud of her. She doesn't fully understand it. I see that. She doesn't fully understand. But look, she's following me. She's obeying. Look at him. I, he's a, I love him. God bless him, but he's a stubborn dude. Man, look at him following me. Look at him obeying even though he doesn't like it. Jesus lovingly trusted the Father to be good to him. And the Father was good to him, despite the great suffering that he had to endure. In the same way, we will be obedient to Jesus' commands only if we lovingly trust him to be good to us. The secret of obedience is what? Love and faith. That's the secret to obedience. Love and trust. With love and faith, we, we rest in Christ through the Holy Spirit. Again, don't try to be obedient without seeking to know Jesus' love. We don't want it to be some dead work. We don't want it to be done in vain. We want it to be done with it in response. Now, 
Our hope is that we're bearing, that, that there's fruit that's coming. We're bearing fruits and fruits on the way. Number three, the byproduct of obedience is joy. I got the joy, I got the joy, I got the joy. The obedience, the product of obedience is joy. So there's a sequence here that we're seeing right here. If we circle back in scripture, we're seeing, we're seeing a sequence, sequence. We're seeing a cycle here. Love leads to trust. Trust leads to obedience. Obedience leads to joy. Verse 11. These things I have spoken to you that my what? That my joy may be where? In you and that that joy might be what? Full. I'm telling you these things so that my joy might be in you. And once again, he just, because we're connected to the vine, he just, we, we remain in him and he's like, my joy is going to be in you and that joy is going to be full. It's not going to be partial. It's going to be complete. Number four, Jesus commands every one of them all come down to love. All come down to the love command. Verse 12, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. With the perfect love of the Father, he, he's loved us. Now he's saying, now I want, you to love me. I want you to love others as you've loved me and as I've loved you. I've loved you with the perfect love of the Father. Love others that way. And that absolutely requires abiding. That requires abiding. <laughs> Loving in that way, good luck. Loving in that way here when he is there. Good luck loving in that way when because of whatever apprehensions we keep the Holy Spirit at arm's length. And I'm telling you right now, if you only talk to the Father and the Son, you're keeping the Holy Spirit at arm's length, period. Abide in me. Love with a love bigger than you. John's going round this circle. Obedience rises from our knowledge of God. Our obedience also leads to and consists of showing love to God. And our obedience to God also leads to and consists of showing love to others. Circle of love. What then is love? This is an interesting part. This is the part that I... Among other things, love contains a willingness to sacrifice. I knew you wouldn't like that part. I knew it. Verse 13, greater love has this. Or greater love uh, has no one than this. That someone lay down his life for his friends. Sacrifice. Now Jesus is talking prophetically about what's about to take place. He's I said it before, he's hours away from arrest. So he is talking about this, but he is talking about this too, because we're to love like he loved. And sacrificial love is part of it, guys. I'm just being honest with you. I think sometimes I can be entertaining. 
glad I'm not boring. I, I am glad I'm not boring. I, I am. But I'm not here to entertain. I'm here to challenge, to make you significantly uncomfortable and to drive you into the heart of God where that you can grow and your life can bear fruit and that others will eat of that fruit and be shown the goodness and faithfulness of God and the Father will be honored and repeat. Follower of Christ, abiding with Christ, trusting Him, recognizing the love, believing the love, telling others about the love. Repeat. Love to Jesus is friendship to Jesus. And this love and friendship is shown by obeying him. Verse 14, my last verse. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Because it's about trust. He's like, you're my friend if you trust me enough to do what I command. Like, you're my... I see your friendship to me when you trust me enough to obey and do my commands. That's how he sees friendship. Obedience to Christ is not done out of obligation, but out of affection. We love Jesus, so we follow him. We love Jesus, so we trust him. We love Jesus, and we trust Jesus. So we realize that he's the only one we want to follow. This friendship between Jesus and his disciples is about to become greater and deeper than ever before, and they just don't realize it. And I can imagine in a few hours, they're going to go, how can we abide now? You, you were carried off. And when they see Jesus, you know, being delivered to, to Roman torture, how can I abide with you now? And when they saw him on the cross... And they heard about his death. Because not all of them were there at the cross. Most of them weren't. And they heard about his death. How can we follow you now? How can we abide with you now? You died. Then three days later, they got a they got a huge wake-up call when he conquered death and rose from the grave. And he said, Don't cling to me too tightly. I'm out of here in 40 days. Don't cling to me too tightly. I'm going to ask the Father. The Father's going to send the Holy Spirit. Boom. It's going to be awesome. And it is. And it is. That's what we have to grab a hold of. Our God is good. His love is pure. He loves perfectly. And he says, remain. 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 Be present with me. Remain with me. So what do we do now? How do we draw close and near to the Holy Spirit? Can y'all just close your eyes and just um, just repeat this after me? Trust me, you, whatever, when I'm about to lead you, and you can trust what I'm going to say, so don't, like, just repeat. Holy Spirit, I come close to you. Teach me about God's love. Help me to trust more. Help me to love more. Uh, Lord, we're so grateful for the things that you speak to us and the ways that you bring revelation. And so I ask that we would all experience your revelation today through your word. 
Um, Holy Spirit, we, we repent of the ways that we haven't drawn near to you because of a lack of familiarity or bad teaching or fear or hang-ups or laziness or whatever. But Holy Spirit, if we see how much Jesus raved about you. That we want to know you. We want to know you. We want to be close to you. And we trust you and every good thing that you desire to give us in, in, in gifts and causing our life to bear fruit. And we want to benefit the lives of others. So we abide in you. Lord Jesus, we abide in you through the awesome person of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Ah, God is good. Yep, and he loves you. Um, let's dig into this. John 14, 15, 16, phenomenal. But John 15, among the most affectionate things Jesus speaks among his last words, is just powerful. So I encourage you all to circle back. Uh, I'll leave us with this blessing and then... We get to go enjoy this beautiful day still worshiping our King. Uh, the Lord bless you and keep you. He make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. You are so loved. Believe that. Have a great day.